0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 347 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Revelation chapter 10 today, and our focus is on what is the identity of the two witnesses of Revelation and what worldwide holiday involves celebration and gift giving. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We are a podcast who's all about getting into God's Word every day by reading a chapter, discussing it, seeking to understand it, and seeking to follow it. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Nimbuku, Paraguay, Kampala, Uganda, Bavaria, Germany, London, United Kingdom, Gujarat, India, Nova Scotia, Canada, Zurich, Switzerland, New York, New York, Dallas, Texas, Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, Monterey, California, Los Angeles, California, Abilene, Texas, Bakersfield, California, Omaha, Nebraska, Augusta, Georgia, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Dayton, Ohio, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible reading, and I would ask you to think about sharing the show with other people to get them involved in it too. Well, here's a great trivia question for Christmas season. What worldwide holiday in the future will involve great celebrations and the exchanges of gifts worldwide? Huh? No, not Christmas, but how about Death of the Two Witnesses Day? Haven't heard of that one? Yeah, I'm not surprised, but because it hasn't happened yet. But John prophesies in our chapter today in Revelation that in the future there will be two, quote, witnesses who come on the earth and will prophesy for three and a half years, and that's not all they do. They will also pronounce judgments on the earth like droughts and plagues and water pollution, and as you might imagine, many people on the earth will just absolutely hate them, and some will try to kill them. But these witnesses have power to overcome their enemies with fire somehow, some way. Here's what Revelation says about them. This is chapter 11, verse 3. I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days dressed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. They have authority to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the days of their prophecy. They also have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague whenever they want. So, yeah, these prophets will be so reviled, in fact, that when they are killed, this is going to kill kick off a spontaneous holiday of celebration all around the world, according to verses seven through ten, which says when they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war on them, conquer them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the main street of the great city, which figuratively is called Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. And some of the peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will view their bodies for three and a half days and not permit their bodies to be put into a tomb. Those who live on the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and send gifts to one another because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. And that, of course, brings up the question who are these guys? Who are the two witnesses? What are the identities of the two witnesses? Well, bad news. The Bible doesn't exactly tell us, but. I do think we can find some clues in this chapter, and let's go ahead and read the passage, and maybe you can listen and hear some clues as well, maybe even some I've missed. This is Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then, I was given a measuring, read like a rod with these words, "'Go and measure the temple of God in the altar, and count those who worship there, but exclude the courtyard outside the temple.' Don't measure it, because it is given to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days dressed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way." They have authority to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the days of their prophecy. They also have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague whenever they want. When they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war on them, conquer them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the main street of the great city, which figuratively is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. And some of the peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will view their bodies for three and a half days and not permit their bodies to be put into a tomb. Those who live on the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and send gifts to one another because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet. Great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here, and they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies watched them. At that moment a violent earthquake took place as tenth of the city fell, and seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake. The survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed, take note. The third woe is coming soon. The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the reward to your servants, the prophets, to the saints, and to those who fear your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, an earthquake and severe Now, reading this chapter, and really pretty much any other chapter in Revelation, you will see why this was one of my very favorite Bible books when I was young. Never a dull moment, right? I sure didn't understand it, hardly any of it at all. Not sure I am much better now, but boy, oh boy, it was exciting, right? How literal, though, should we take the book of Revelation? And that's a really great question, and it's a very debated question among Bible scholars to this day. There is obviously a great amount of figurative language in the book, as we see in verse 8 when John tells us that the city where these witnesses die is figuratively Sodom and Egypt, but it's obviously meaning Jerusalem. Now, to be frank, I think part of Revelation is symbolic or figurative, and part is literal, and just again, speaking honestly, I don't always know exactly where to draw that line, and I'm not sure many people do. I do believe, if I have to speculate, that the two witnesses are literally two people that will come at some point in the future. So, who are the two people? Well, as you might suspect, guesses at their identity has just absolutely abounded over the years. Some say Moses, some John the Baptist, Elijah, Enoch, etc. But we do have some clues in this passage. Now, the clues are vague and very difficult to interpret accurately, but I think they are clues nonetheless. And our first clue, and it's a big one, comes in verse 4. Uh, which says, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And almost beyond question, this clue points us back to the Old Testament, to Zechariah chapter 4, a book that has a lot in common with the book of Revelation in terms of its language and its symbolism and what it envisions. So Zechariah 4 Verse 1 says, The angel who was speaking with me then returned and roused me as one awakened out of his sleep, and he asked me, What do you see? And I replied, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top. The lampstand also has seven lamps at the top with seven spouts for each of the lamps. Sound familiar? Verse 3, There are also two olive trees beside it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Verse 11, I asked. Him, What are the two olive trees on the right and left of the lampstand? And I questioned him further. What are the two streams of the olive trees from which the golden oil is pouring through two golden conduits? Then he inquired of me, Don't you know what these are? No, my lord, I replied. These are the two anointed ones, he said, who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Well, the two witnesses are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth, which almost really closely matches to Revelation 11.4. And, you know, great, mystery solved, right? Well, no, not exactly. We probably haven't even solved a little bit yet. But now it appears, maybe, that the two anointed ones that are being referred to in Zechariah 4 uh, might just be Joshua, son of Jehozadak and Zerubbabel. That's who it appears that... Uh, the book of Zechariah is pointing out. And Joshua was a high priest at the time, and Zerubbabel, a governmental leader who led the people in the rebuilding of the temple after the exile. And uh, I would probably also note that the name Joshua or Yeshua has this, it's the same exact Hebrew name as Jesus, also Yeshua in Hebrew. Maybe that's significant. And we see a couple of other clues in Revelation 11, verse 6, uh, which says they have the authority to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the days of their prophecy. They also have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague whenever they want. Any of that sound a little bit familiar? Well, closing up the sky so that it doesn't rain sure does remind me of Elijah, and plagues in turning water to blood sure does remind me and pretty much everybody that reads this passage of Moses. And you know, beyond a shadow of doubt, that has to be intentional. And it's one of the many reasons that people think that the two witnesses will be Moses and Elijah. And of course, another point in favor of this view is the transfiguration, which happens in the gospels in which Jesus met with Moses and Elijah while he is transfigured. Well, I think the leading theory among Bible scholars and preachers, etc., of the identity of the two witnesses as Moses and Elijah. But there's another theory that's almost as popular, and that is that the two witnesses are Elijah and Enoch. And Enoch and Elijah, because when you go back into the Old Testament, we see that neither Enoch nor Elijah appear to die a physical death. Instead, they were taken up by the Lord, And that's pretty important because we have this little passage in Hebrews 9, 21, 7, which says, It is appointed unto man to die once, you know, the one time. And apparently, Elijah and Enoch, having never died, I don't know, maybe they could be the two witnesses who will get their appointed deaths sometime in the future, maybe. Now, ultimately, if you want to ask my opinion I believe that the two witnesses will not be Moses and Elijah or even Elijah and Enoch or, I don't know, Joshua and Zerubbabel. And this is due to the fact that Revelation 11 very clearly refers to multiple different Old Testament scriptures to clue us in on what kind of people or even the identity of these two witnesses. But these clues point in different directions they lead to more than two people. Some of the clues point to Joshua and Zerubbabel, some to Moses and Elijah, some to Elijah and Enoch. And again, I believe this is very intentional. I think John is telling us that neither of these pairs will be literally the two witnesses, but the two witnesses will be somehow like them. I believe it's likely that the two witnesses will be sort of similar to a John the Baptist situation in that John the Baptist came, according to Jesus, in the spirit and the power of Elijah, but he was not like an reincarnation of Elijah. So in the same vein, the two witnesses could come in the spirit and power of Moses and Elijah, uh, but not literally be incarnations of those two people. It is also so worth noting is a Further clue that Moses and Zerubbabel were both political leaders of the people, and Elijah and Joshua the high priest priest were both religious leaders of the people— This might be an inconsequential coincidence, but I don't think so. I think it's a pretty strong clue and could point to the possibility that one of these two witnesses would be some sort of civic leader or government leader and the other could be a spiritual leader somehow. Well, I hate to uh, do this, but I know we haven't fully solved the mystery, but considering this is one of the enduring mysteries of the Bible in Christendom for almost 2,000 years now, I suppose it was a bit of arrogance to think we'd have a full shot at like totally beyond a shadow of a doubt solving the mystery. At any rate, let's close out with our Bible memory passage for the month of December, which is Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. And it says, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor, and glory, and blessing. Amen. He is indeed worthy. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.